0: I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage, put his collar up, say the Seagulls line, and then just stand there for
1: an hour and a half.
2: OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app.
1: Gaelic football on Off The Ball.
3: With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest
0: for more.
3: Now then, we're turning to GA. Our dynamic duo are with us. Colin Boyle, good evening. How are you, Joe? Very well, and Darren Sullivan. You're very welcome, Darren. Hey, Joe.
1: How are things? Great,
3: great, great. Thank God. I'm looking forward to a footballing weekend. <laughs> so uh, looming large on Sunday, it's going to take centre stage. I would think uh, much to the annoyance, perhaps of. Talichan Cup, but Galway-Mayo Sunday, 3 o'clock, Salt Hill on RT, I think, has everybody sitting up straight. And that is not to mention a bumper Saturday as well. It will start in Porky-Cueve, Cork against Roscommon at 2. We'll have Kildare against Monaghan, O'Connor Park, 4.45 and then Donegal against Tyrone is at 7 and Bally Buffet, all on GEA Go. Knockout matches are here, and uh, not a moment too soon. We had, uh, it must be said, in defence of the group stages, a pretty extraordinary weekend. Won't give out all the results, but in effect, pretty much every game that mattered was close. Galway won 12, Armas 16 points. We had a draw between Tyrone and Westmeath. Cork won 14, Mayo won 11. Extraordinary finish there. Drama with a lake Kildare point to beat Roscommon 116 to 115. And then on the Saturday, we had Donegal winning away to Monaghan and uh, Derry took care of Clare on the Saturday as well so it means in Group 1 Kerry, Cork, Mayo all four points uh, Mayo into a preliminary uh, quarter final. Group 2 Armagh topped it in the end Galway four points as well Tyrone three points they could easily have been out uh, Group 3 <coughs> Kildare with that win crucial so Dublin five points Kildare and Roscommon three points Kildare finished second Roscommon preliminary quarterfinal and then Group 4 Derry on five Donegal on four Monaghan on uh, three so, in terms of the group stages, if we if we glance back at the weekend just gone, Colin, before looking ahead, uh, the football championship kind of went to touch Russell Crowe and Gladiator, and were you not entertained and all that?
0: <laughs> I was on Sunday for sure. Um, if not, very very disappointed with the results down in down in Limerick. Um, despite all the drama Joe I if Phantom if last weekend just reaffirmed the point to me that the top two have to go through and I'm coming at it from the side as yes there was brilliant drama and I love last weekend it was super and it's just amazing how kind of one surprise result leads to two or three happening in the one weekend and maybe even four with uh, Donegal beating Monaghan as well but as a player like I'd be looking At Cork, if you go through the groups, like the reward for Cork beating Mayo is not good enough for me. Like to beat, to to jump Mayo in the group, Mayo needed to beat Cork, or sorry, Cork needed to beat Mayo with three points, which is exactly what they did. A huge achievement. And if you think about drama, Joe, if that last five minutes is to knock Mayo to the championship, that's actually real drama. You know, Aidan O'Shea kicking that free to keep Mayo in the championship. That that's proper drama, you know what I mean? Aidan free kick Aiden O'Shea kicking a free to get home advantage next week. But to be honest I don't think Mayo cared about playing at home next week. To be honest. It's definitely at that stage when you're six points down or sorry, six points up. And I'd say the same for Kildare, Kevin Freely's mark in the in the last couple of minutes. Again, if, he, if that win wide, does it really matter? You know, they're playing away next weekend. They don't even get home advantage next weekend. And the same for us Common. Uh, to be honest, if I'm a Common player, I'm probably delighted to get the chance to go to Parking Cui and play Cork away from home. Mm. You know, you play in Hyde Park every second week. They probably train there every week. You know, it's probably once in a once in a lifetime, boys, or a chance for them, boys, to go, to go down to Parky Cui. So, as a player, the reward isn't good enough for me for a big, big win like that, finish in second year group. Granted, it was a, it was a, it was a great weekend and this weekend will probably be even better, yeah. you know, from from that point of view. But I'd still reaffirm the point to me it has to be the top two going through.
3: So Darren, Colin is basically telling me I have Stockholm Syndrome and even a sniff of drama and like I'm so grateful, whereas actually we could have had extraordinary drama if we still had the two.
1: Yeah, like it was funny, we went through all last weekend with absolutely zero shadow boxing and I was gutted. I was like, what are we gonna talk about? But um genuinely like and I was the opposite. I kinda I had my whole season turned upside down last weekend because I was there going, geez, there was so much going on. Um and I was I had a fella tweeting me abuse during the week, I was too negative. And I was like, Well, if I get good games I'll be positive about it. And I was kinda looking forward to coming on as I was there, oh, like, I can be very positive this weekend. I can see where Cullen was coming from with the. there should have been more of a reward than a home fixture. I don't know, does it make too much of a difference to a lot of teams? But um, definitely in terms of drama, this weekend had it. And um, To the extent just, that
3: if it was up to you and you were a GAA dictator, you would maintain the three qualify from four next year?
1: I was dead against the three until last weekend. Honestly, I was dead against. But it just, there were so many teams that if it was only two, would have they would have they wouldn't have put in a performance. Um, and I think the fact that there was three um, that every every team could have gone through, um, it made such a big difference. Because
3: um, that is the selling point in advance. There'll be no dead rubbers. Now we may have two rounds, in it, you know where the consequences of losing in round one don't feel as severe as they should. But the the upside was always painted as there'll be no dead rubbers in the final round.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, there wasn't no I don't know. It's it is a hard one because the first two rounds were they were hard to watch. There were so many games and it was very hard to pick out one or two that were worth talking about really. Yeah. Um but then bar one or two games this weekend, they were all worth talking about. Um so it is what like it is one of them ones. Like the three of us are on and we could all have a different opinion. Um it's always gonna be a debate. But at the moment I think the way it finished they won't change it they're going to keep it to three um, because how can you beat it every yeah. team having a chance to go through at the end I know for some teams like to carry now you're wondering were they just training hard with the expectation that no matter how bad things go we're going to get through we don't know um, but so I just wear shadow thank- box and Darren. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think so So supposedly anyway
3: I know you're saying we might all have a different opinion but I just want to say for the record I have the same opinion as Column. All right, that's two against one. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind fighting my corner. <laughs> uh, I just I don't know I, it's it's yeah. a lot. It's, we're, I mean, between the provincials and then this, I mean, we really are like we're 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 paying a lot up front for a, a hint of yeah. fun, you know. And imagine we were coming on saying Mayo are out of the championship, Tyrone are out of the yeah. championship, Monaghan are out of the championship. It was the greatest day I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: yeah. Look, well, I suppose we could scrap the provincials. Well, every, everyone's agreed on that, yeah. except Ulster. Um, I, I think next year they'll keep the tree. So do I. I think they'll just keep it. Um, and look, it was a great weekend. Next year, if you get the same again, it'll be up for debate. Um, but I think just the way things finished this weekend, maybe it's papering over cracks mm. and maybe won't get that same excitement next year. Who's to know? I do think the fact that it was so new and we actually don't know how teams were preparing for it, and how they were lining up games. Um, there was so much unknown. I think next year will tell tell a bit more. But look, I was definitely in your corner for the fact that it's talked Three teams going through. If you win one game, and um, you know it's it's not good enough to get through to a to a quarterfinal yeah. or a preliminary quarterfinal. But look, I suppose the weekend was so positive. There were so many big games. There were so many dramatic twists. Uh, Maybe it just papers over the cracks for me a small bit.
3: Yeah, you're not beaten down now. You'll take anything. I, I to, yeah. to, help, to further Darren's argument, I suppose, Colm, another argument you would make if you were tasked with arguing to keep the status quo is, mm. well, by having three go through, we now have this extra fantastic weekend, which is coming up this weekend. Whereas if only two go through, we're straight into the quarterfinals. Whereas we have this, extra knockout weekend that we all get very excited about. That is another argument for oh, yeah. the three, that you get the, the finale on the Sunday, which we've just had, and you get the the weekend upcoming. So that evens out the two dodgy weekends up front.
0: Uh, and there is that argument, Joe. And for, look, for us as neutrals, as supporters, football fathers, it's absolutely brilliant. I'm coming at the angle of a player where if I'm a car player or yeah. a Kildare player, your reward just isn't there. You should be through to a That That's where I stand on it. And for me, you can't forget about the 16 games that went before last weekend, which were pretty dab and pretty dry, dire. So, yeah, it, if Anton is as good as last week was, it just reaffirms the point for me that the top two go through. But you mentioned it there. We could have absolute four belters this weekend. So I'll certainly take them for now for sure. I won't be arguing with it.
3: To... Uh... Take a, continue to glance back at the weekend and look ahead. I suppose Mayo mm. are the obvious uh, jumping-off point. They will <clears> play <throat> Galway, having uh, lost to Cork one fourteen to one eleven. I saw Kevin McStay when he was on the pitch at full time. Darren, he said in the interview, "Look, there's no point feeling sorry for ourselves. We get on with it." Maybe when he saw the draw, he did allow himself a few minutes to feel sorry for himself. This is nightmare scenario for
1: Mayo. Yeah, look, I think Mayo or Colin was probably putting on a. Saying what he had to say, but I think when he got into the dressing room or, or into the showers after, he was even on a big screen of frustration because, look, the way Mayo started the group stages, you were thinking, done, dusted, they're going to cruise through and now to be playing Galway. And Colin will probably answer this. Um, when was the last time Mayo and Galway played in a knockout championship game? It's a long time. It'll be in Pierce two Stadium. Years ago, Dar- two years about that. With the two. Yeah, it and it's but kind
0: of final. Yeah, the COVID years. Yeah, kind of, of final. COVID years. Yeah, so it was actually two in a row.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about COVID. Don't mind COVID, it's over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um,
1: yeah, I just, like, I think Colin was saying what he had to say, but I think all the players will be so disappointed. And I genuinely do believe that I think they win in underestimating Cork. Um, and we talked a bit off air about it. Um, when Mayo went six points up, I think they were just rubbing their hands together, going, "Right, job done. We're going to get a weekend off, and we're going to be gearing up to a quarterfinal. They switched off, and um, Cork's um, physical power, their fitness, brought them over the line. And we talked about it off air myself and Colum being able to bring on a shooter like Sherlock um, is a huge plus because. The one thing they might have been lacking over the last year or two as well, they haven't had the best scores in the world and uh, he's coming on at halftime with a point to prove. Um, they do, they look very physical and fit, um, but Mayo are definitely going to be kicking themselves.
3: Tommy Conroy uh, scored that goal in the second half. It was mm. a dreadful Cork turnover as well. Edna Shea popped it to Ryan O'Donoghue. He uh, burst through and Tommy Conroy finished brilliantly. And that was 111 to eight points, a six-point advantage. Cuts to the crowd. They're celebrating the way everybody at home was thinking. Game over, done. And then Cork, you have to remind yourself, it's nine unanswered points, Colm. One six, unanswered that is so uh, severe that i think a lot of people can write mayo out of the championship mentally because that that is like how does that happen as, as good as cork were and will come to cork yeah. uh, from from mayo to ship nine unanswered points is kind of hard for people to fathom not to score again
0: it's it's incredible joe um there's way to lose games and to lose it like that was very very disappointing Con- We Tommy scores the goal in 56 minutes. The game finishes on the 75th. We don't score between Tommy's goal and the end of the game. That's definitely worrying. I think straight away, car come down from from Mayo's goal and get a penalty. Yeah. Um. And from that, you could just see there was a bit of belief in in the car players. But at Mayo, still three up, you're just thinking, you know, just slow the game down, work a couple of scores, a couple of shooting opportunities. But it never happens. It just seemed that there was turnover after turnover, and it just led to the bit of momentum that Cork were trying to build. And once the game got leveled, Joe, really, instead of Mayo fighting back, it only looked like there was going to be one winner. Cork seemed to have the legs. They seem to have the the power, the you know the composure that they had Mayo exactly where they wanted it. This was probably what they planned all week, what they'd spoken about all week. And in fairness to them, they didn't just you know take Mayo to the home stretch and lose it by a point or two. They finished the job off, which was, was brilliant on their behalf. But it was worrying for Mayo. And you, we talked about Stephen, or Darren mentioned Stephen Sherlock coming off the bench there, Cork, sharp shooter. I'm sure Kevin McStay must have been thinking to himself for 10 minutes to go. Probably should have had Killing O'Connor in the twenty six here. He played a club game the night before for, back for his club, Alan Tubber, and uh, maybe we just needed him coming off the bench with 10 minutes to go just to give the lads a lift, if nothing else. That we have Killing trying to work uh, a scoring opportunity. Maybe he might get a score and settle everything down. So, mm. yeah, I'm sure, uh, without doubt, he'll be in the squad this Sunday.
3: Darren, in advance of Cork taking on Kerry a couple of weeks back, uh, we <clears> were mentioning <throat> an article by Darrow Shea in the Irish Times where he effectively said Cork have underachieved more than any other county over the last decade that the brilliant success at underage level wasn't transmitting and you didn't disagree with any of that. And you, you've said in in the main, particularly in, in the latter years of your career, the experience against Cork was, uh, listen, a bit of something out of them for 10, 15 minutes, then you break them, then they die off and that's where Cork are. Do you want to apologize to the people of Cork? Uh, do we need to Never. revisit this? Um, so, that that was not this Cork. This Cork was not what you were talking about there, that's for sure.
1: I was talking about the Cork of three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I think they showed what they have shown on the weekend is the opposite of what I had said, of what Dara was saying. But I was telling Colm as well, I was chatting to a fella who. He's involved with in Munster Andre Rugby and they trained beside Cork. And the night before they played Kerry, he was saying he thought they were gonna beat Kerry. He said they'd be too fit and too powerful. He said he'd never seen training like it. And this fella is involved in Munster Rugby and his family involved in it for thirty years. And I was a bit surprised by it. I kinda of laughed it off thinking, Right, yeah, the man. But um they showed him in that game that they had a bit of heart. Um have a bit of grit, to have a bit of pride. We talked as well. Someone who epitomizes it for me at the moment is like Brian O'Driscoll. He was gone from the panel for a while, but he's just stuck in everything. He's unbelievably fit. He's getting around the pitch. He's stuck in every breaking ball. He's winning ball. He's up and down the field. He's chipping in with scores. It's a change in attitude like that. Sherlock's coming off the bench to score. You're thinking, should he be starting? Probably. But he probably doesn't have that same work ethic as some of the other boys around him and yeah look kevin walsh um has come in i think at the start of the league we're expecting a really organized uh cork defense and it, it takes a bit of time but even from the weekend just their work rate was was off the walls they never gave up um and look that may meet my words um <laughs> But we've been saying it's down in Kerry for a while we've been wanting Cork back we want this bit of a fight can they back it up this weekend they have another tough game against Roscommon. Um, but they're at home and it'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd they get the hurlers are gone the footballers never get much love um, but they showed an attitude and a fight the last day. that realistically the Cork fans should be going right let's get in behind this team because they are doing something a bit different and they're very powerful they look very fit they're very powerful and they look hard to stop at the moment
3: yeah I mean, they scored a lot of points, turnovers, running the pace. Colin, were you impressed with them?
0: Oh, hugely, yeah, absolutely. You know, they did exactly what Mayo knew they were going to do. They were going to frustrate, they were going to try and hit Mayo with a counter attack, um, score from long kickouts. You know, it was very, very evident they were, weren't going short from their own kickouts. They were trying to go long, win it, and hit Mayo when they were exposed and open. Um, so they did pretty much what we expected them to do. We knew it was going to be close. I knew it was going to be close. I didn't think Cork could have enough to win it. That's why I'm so hugely impressed. There's a difference between getting close and then finishing the job. And in fairness to them, they absolutely finished the job, which is, which is hugely to their credit. And the confidence that's going to give them now Joe. You know, it's, yeah. this is really has to be the start for them. You know, a win against Roscommon, they have to be looking at this now as this is their, their moment where they're going to really develop as a team, get themselves back into a quarterfinal.
3: From a Mayo point of view, we touched on this Mm. after the Louth game and to be fair, it's been a consistent criticism of Mayo for some time now is their inability, I suppose, to routinely break down a very packed, organised defence. Paul Flynn did a great piece on the Sunday game highlight show and and he pretty much just took an example which demonstrated the point perfectly. And in effect, he was saying the Mayo structure for breaking down a packed defence is actually pretty good. It's it's textbook. They have men across mm. the full forward line. They have men out on the touch line. It's nicely spaced out. They're in a position to do something. And instead, though, of really probing down each touch line and therefore dragging the cork sweeper or sweepers in the middle out towards that touch line for fear of a goal chance happening, and then quick switch inside runners through or, you know, find your gaps from that mm. point on. He was basically shown, like Mayo just kept it very central. They they would come to one side, turn around, go back to the other side, never probe down each sideline to drag the sweepers across. So like there was a sense column of the structure is there, but they're now just not using the structure properly. And, and he was saying, well, look, that is one of the reasons they're struggling with this. There were a few notable exceptions where they did probe down the touchline. that got a bit of joy. Yeah. So I don't know. How confident are you that they'll figure that out against a pack Galway defence in a couple of days' time?
0: Do you know what, Joe? It just might be a mental thing as much as that at this stage. Like in fairness, Jordan Flynn kicked a few textbook scores, exactly what you're talking about there. That's how you break down a blanket defence. And he wasn't obviously the only one involved and in then he gets the finishing touches to it. But if you're looking at Mayo as a whole, I think in that first half, Joe, they only five shots from play in, in in the whole first half, the whole 35 minutes, two scores from play. Like that's not you many games against the top, top teams. And it was just a case that when we got to the 45 it just seemed to lead to a turnover as soon as we tried to to break a line. And an issue I'd have at the minute uh, is that you mentioned about the mountain mount lads that are kind of going forward in, in attacking positions, especially in full forward line. For me, what's happening is our half-back line, our midfield, are almost running into our full forward line to try and drag defences back closer towards our goal. So we're trying to create scoring opportunities. But I think what you saw the last day is win the likes of a Jack Coyne or a James Carr and a few opportunities tried to then break a line through the middle. They actually had no one coming off them because there were so many players ahead of the ball. And it just led to core players coming in, swarming, making contact, and inevitably leading to a turnover. So, But you mentioned it there, I think in the second half, Mayo were far, far better in that regard. And to be honest, Joe, the frustrating thing about Mayo, and you, you mentioned about celebrations there, uh, when Mayo scored the goal if you actually look at the Mayo players Ryan O'Donoghue he, does, he doesn't get the goal he gets the assist but he gives one hell of a celebration but to me that was a pure release of the frustration he was probably feeling for the 55 minutes previous to that a Mayo or six up and I think they feel like they've the blanket broken they've the hard work done here and to let it go from there that's going to be the thing that was killing them Sunday night and and, and yesterday, I'm sure, uh, when they really got into the nitty gritty of it. So, yeah. lost to work on for sure because Galway will bring these same problems on, on Sunday. There's no doubt about it in, in Salt Hill, you yeah. know. We're
3: so, curious to know, know where you think Galway are then, Darren. They were uh, beaten in the end by Armagh. Uh, they were level 11 times in that game and it was drama to the end. Uh, Andrew Murnan, he wins a a free and that's slotted on 75 minutes Shane Walsh has a chance to kick an equaliser in the 80th tough uh, distance and it balloons at a touch and it falls short and so you know a lot of people's dark horses, Galway in some ways because they just haven't done much wrong but I don't know like have Galway done loads right to really convince you that they're firing in a way that nobody else is
1: no like uh, I I suppose they were one of my I think they were one of the most consistent teams up to now they weren't setting the place alight, but they didn't have too many off days. Um, but going in against Mayo the next day, I think the biggest worry would be Sean Kelly, um, whether he's going to be available or not. And it's he's a great defender, but it's not even defensively. I think it's what he's bringing to the attack. Um, his all-around game, I think his attitude towards it. I'm not sure how fit Comer is going to be for the next day. I think Shane Walsh's form hasn't been great this year. Um, what, what are you seeing but, from, what is it with Walsh that you're seeing uh, look it's just hard to get up to the pace of it. He, he had a long year with the club and obviously needed a break after that and you come back I just don't think he's got to the pace of the championship yet Like I, I'd i be I've been saying it on like a broken record on but no matter how good your club is and what level your club is playing at it's a good bit of uh, championship level or county level and you don't just swan back into it. He's also 30, I think. So he's he's not, it takes a bit longer to recover and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just, he hasn't smacked into gear into life yet. Maybe next weekend, he is a guy who likes the big day. Yeah. I think he'll like the pressure of, look, the last kick came to last weekend, it didn't work out. You have another opportunity this weekend. I think he'll enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do need him to, to kick into gear, obviously Comer had a couple of injuries this year. I'm not sure how fit he'll be next weekend, but I think just Sean Kelly being being out is a huge, huge loss to them if yeah. he is out. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be it's going to be who handles the pressure better. To be honest, in this game, I think Galway will look at Mayo and go right. If we keep our house in order, we will frustrate them, and they will probably look at the forwards that they have and say we have more scoring power here mm. um, but it's going to be an interesting game it is hard to call it Like there were two of my favourites going into the weekend I did not see it coming to this um, but if I had to tips on at the moment I just think it's it, it, Galway have the better um, better balance to their team I think at the moment but I think that all comes down to the, the availability of Sean Killian and coma.
3: yeah you would make Galway favourites call
0: him no? very hard to know Joe I um, can't say it I can't say it like <laughs> I was I was at Galway Mad uh, on, on Sunday and um, they certainly have their issues there's no there's no doubt about it granted they were likely to lose a game at some stage mm. you know what I mean when you consider this whole championship as a whole so yeah. if that yeah. was to be their defeat on Sunday Power Joyce would be delighted that's yeah. it and what what, what are
3: the issues because again all year and again thankfully this is the last time we'll have to use the phrase shadow boxing it's, yeah. it's they haven't had that glaring Dublin against Kildare, oh, there's a lot to worry about here, or Kerry against Mayo, Just Kerry aren't in a great place. Galway haven't really had that eye-catchingly bad performance. No. So I, I don't know what their issues are as such.
0: Well, I'd be looking at their full backline as a starter and their keeper. I'm not sure they are of a, a top-class variety that that's going to win you all Ireland. Um you know, if you look at the last day, for example, they moved Sean Kelly out to six. John Daly pretty much played as a free man, and Keen Hearn. I, I thought this was a really surprising move. Like he's in his first year as a championship, he plays full back on Andrew Mernon and really really struggled with them. And I think that's going to be an area Mayo, uh, Aidan are going to be looking at next Sunday with Aidan O'Shea. I thought that was a very surprising move. Um, Johnny McGrath still in his first year of championship as well in the full back line. So that I think that's an area teams and maybe Mayo will be looking to target on on Sunday. Um, Kelly the Kelly one is a huge one for me like I was watching him from the three or four minutes when he was hobbling along trying to stay on I was I was shocked the Galway management didn't get him off the pitch as soon as possible because win, win lose a draw we were still going to be in the championship I'd be getting him off the pitch because he was he was in a bad bad way I'd be very surprised if we see him Sunday just from the way he was hobbling now maybe maybe he can make a recovery but I think it would be a bit of a miracle um, so that he would be a big issue for them and just up front don't really seem to be clicking. I know they're missing Comer. And look, the word down here is that Comer will make it and he will be a huge, huge addition to them. Um, but just Ian Burke, Walsh, you know, Tierney, Cook. I, th- I thought Tierney and Cook were actually quite good the last day, but it doesn't all seem to be clicking together. Mm. McDade, is the- McDade is their is their weapon really coming from midfield and obviously Kelly from the back. And I was shocked really with Armad the last day how they didn't have them two boys targeted from early on in the game. Them boys had the freedom of the park in the first half. And it was very noticeable that once Jarley come up comes on five minutes into the second half, he literally sticks to McDade. He does not let him out of his sight and completely takes him out of the game. And it was a huge attack and threat for Galway um, taken out of it. So another thing I'd look at is their their bench. I don't know, is it as strong as what we thought it was all year? Now, granted, they're down McHugh, uh, Dylan McHugh and Damien Comer with that twenty six. But they brought on John Maher, who's former, maybe slightly dipped since since the league and the start of the championship. They brought on Rob Finnerty, who really hasn't done anything of note really this year. And, yeah, I don't think their squad is probably as strong as what we would have thought maybe earlier in the year.
3: Interesting. So you you have this in the 50-50 terrain, do you?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that, a look at Mayo are... Uh, you know, obviously they have their own issues as well. Huge issues uh, yeah. from what we saw in that finish. But I think the interesting one about this one, Joe, is obviously the fact that it's Mayo on Galway. Um, this is the only game at the weekend, I think, where both teams are coming in a, a, after the back of a defeat. So it's it's going to be interesting in that regard.
3: Yeah. Uh, final word to it, Darren. Do you have a strong leaning either way for Salt Hill?
1: I'd be slightly leaning to Galway, but like that it, like it is more or less 50-50 but if I had to pick someone I'd be just leaning towards Galway at the moment but I do think it depends on the availability of the likes of Comer and Kelly
3: yeah um, I didn't see the Armagh Galway game in full it's interesting you said you were at it there Colm I did see like so for Armagh like top of the group and they get a week off after a long run in Ulster so that's Much appreciated. Uh, I saw in the Mm -hmm. analysis there was a sense that there was a better balance to Armagh play. Like the style of play under McGuini this year has been talked about a lot versus uh, last year. He's now in his ninth uh, season. So after Colin Collins now departed, he's the longest uh, serving manager currently. Uh, Armagh, what would you tell us?
0: Well, Joe, you know more than anyone that I've been fairly critical of Armagh all year. Um, Their general style of play, I just felt like they'd become another Team who just sits back and defends, concedes kickouts, and have gone away from from what they were really, really good at last year. And I saw a quote from an interview actually with Jason Duffy after the game, and I pressed pretty much every single goal we kick out. And I, and the quote Duffy said after the game was, "Just the fact that we were doing that alone led to a complete mindset switch throughout the team. Mm-hmm. And instead of go, or instead of our man worrying about always retreating back defensively, they were actually." attacking the game and playing on the front foot. And I think naturally from that, they actually had a better structure up front. The fact that they weren't just dropping out, retreating back to their 45 every time there was a kick out. Armagh actually had structure up front and it really suited the likes of Andrew Murn and Connor turban because when Armagh won the ball around the middle, more often than not, they actually were inside. And I know if I was playing on that Armagh team, I was if I was a halfback, every time I'd get the ball, I'd mm. be looking for Murnagh mm. because it doesn't seem to matter if it's on the ground or up in the air, he's winning the ball. So I think that's a huge attack. And I think when our MAH play like that, they're, they're a different animal. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen enough of it all year. Yeah. But maybe they're just timing it right now.
3: It was interesting. The criticism of the style of play this year was put to McGeaney afterwards on uh, the TV. And his reply was, look, there are a lot of empty vessels. We know who they are. They like to tweet things and sell their articles. How did you feel, Colin, that he talked about you in such a <laughs> naked and obvious way? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I highly doubt he was talking about me, but funnily enough, Joe, I did write an article last last week about the, for the Irish Mirror, and I completely ruled them out of the championship. Oh, good. Okay. God. Well, he might be yeah. talking about you. Yeah. Fingers crossed, he is. I know. I'd say he was looking a bigger fish than me now. In fairness, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's amazing difference we, But but our, Joe, I love Armagh when they play like that. To mm. be honest with you. Um, yeah, if Mayo lose next next Sunday, I'll probably get a mad jersey for the rest of for the rest of the year. Okay. because they were br- they are brilliant to watch when they play like that when they're on the foot foot attacking teams playing direct ball inside. But when they go back to their just kind of conceding kickouts, getting everyone behind the ball, yeah. I I don't think that's going to do anything for them going forward.
3: Well, it's it's what you're preaching uh, week in week out, Darren Tempo.
0: Yeah, like I just like you you
1: add pace. I actually thought in all the games I saw, even the the of I saw clips there seems to be a lot more kicking in it and it just sped up the pace of the game I think it's hard to get bodies back and as Colin was saying they put in a lot of ball the weekend Darma, and they have brilliant forwards great ball winners and it, it makes it look easier and they're watching it, going why don't you do this Every that's the frustrating thing about them mm-hmm. um, they have the ability to be one of the best teams to watch in the country they have quality footballers all over the place but the weekend there was definitely a change in the way they approached the game they were very direct the pace of their play was up by a couple of notches and they were direct putting it in great ball winners well able to kick their scores Um, but the thing is in two weeks time they might go back to let's mind the house and try and frustrate and I just don't think it suits them Okay
3: we're going to take a very short break Colin Boyle and Darren O'Sullivan are staying with us back in one sec Gaelic football
1: on Off The Ball
3: with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now you're welcome back. Darren O'Sullivan and Colin Boyle are with us. So we've talked a little bit about Galway and Mayo. Also at the weekend, we've Cork-Roscommon, we have Kildare against Monaghan and donegal Tyrone as well on the Saturday night. Um, To get a sense of Kildare and Roscommon then, I'm curious, it was very... Interesting, Both Kevin Feely in the Ortiz studio and Ben McCormack, who was excellent and player of the match in his interview separately, they both talked about being very aware of the criticism of Kildare. And Feely was saying, like, we you know, really good performance against Mayo and we thought that, that was going to be our baseline. And then we didn't see that across the championship. So we were very keen to try and deliver something. And in fairness, they did. They beat Ruscon by a point. Feely's catch and kick, the winning of the game, uh, Darren Kildare are the Mark Kings. Five scores from Marks.
1: Yeah look I think uh, Paul Flynn actually said it on the Sunday game as well. He's he's all for the Mark when he's playing club football um, but he's not forward in the county game. I can see why he's forward in the club game because I like it myself. But um, <laughs> When you have players that can kick like Kildare do because they have very good kickers and they're big strong men. If the rule is there you need to use it to your advantage and it's it's hard to believe that a lot of teams don't use it as much, um, but it was definitely a plan by Kildare um, the weekend, and as I said earlier, about there was a lot more kicking the weekend, and it just encourages it encourages the kicking and, like a lot of the marks you see, right, Kevin's one at the end was an unbelievable catch, but a lot of the marks are one into the into the stomach, and um, even a man my size wouldn't have to jump too high to get a few of them. Um, so, yeah, they played it brilliantly. Um, and look, if you have fellas who are comfortable kicking and freeze and are comfortable under the pressure of it, you have to start using it and to the free shot. Um, but, yeah, I'm all for it. If it's the rule is there, you need to make the most of it. And I'd rather see fellas calling for marks than be back and forth hand-passing the, the ball across the pitch all the time.
3: Yeah. Would you keep the rule, Colin?
0: Uh No. No, I, I'm completely against it. If it wants to stay a mark inside the twenty one, like Kevin Feely's mark is unbelievable. That that's if you want to keep it, you're keeping it for the likes of that. Yeah. William Paul in super catch. It's yeah. inside the one or there, thereabouts. But these marks where they're just a little pump pass. And I don't know if you saw and down in the in the Tatching Cup semi-final on on um or quarter final on Saturday evening, but there must have been six, seven where it was just a fifteen yard punt to a fella pretty much standing a yard or two inside the 45 and he's collecting the mark that's not for me you could actually physically hear the groans from the crowd as it was happening Cavan had obviously worked on it and saw it as an opportunity and why wouldn't you if the rule is there but i have been completely against it from day one I think it's actually leading to less goal opportunities and I know there's mass defences and all that that go with this as well but if you're playing a ball into the top of the D and Darren you'd know this you're, you were brilliant at running off lad's shoulders what's the likelihood now of a guy popping the ball to you if you're coming off his yeah. shoulder he's taking the safe option and, put, and put in, uh, putting his hand up taking the mark so I think it's actually leading to less goals or certainly less goals opportunities mm.
3: yeah. yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it yeah um, so could Kildare beat Roscommon by a single point and end up finishing second after like just this kind of cloud over their season thus far and they will play Monaghan 4.45 O'Connor Park Monaghan beaten by Donegal by two points at Healy Park so give us your read on what we're going to get from Kildare uh, this time around is this like a line in the sand from the weekend and equally then Monaghan as well I presume Darren you make favourites
1: yeah. yeah I suppose you'd have to go with Monaghan look Kildare Kildare were very good the weekend and I think the attitude they showed um, in the Smith got a great equalising point 90 seconds left yeah. and in fairness to Kildare they showed patience uh, and then a bit of bravery to actually kick the ball in and that's what you want to see. It was an unbelievable mark, great score to win it but we haven't seen consistency And I don't know how many years from Kildare. Can we get two performances in a row? Oh, I'm not too sure. I think if they do bring it they have plenty to get over the line against Monaghan. But Monaghan like, I'm sick of writing off and Every year I write Man off at the start of the mm. league and they prove me wrong. Mm. Um, but I just think they're made for these type of games. They're made for these tight games, uh, make or break games. So I'd be tipping Monahan. Yeah, I just think they're more like to McManus is coming back. And he'll be fresher again for this game. I just think they have more voting. I think they have more players and more experience for this kind of
3: game. Colin, I'm a sucker for a nice interview and I watched the Kevin Feely interview and I thought, God, he seems mm. like such a great, smart fella and, and he's saying all the right things. You know, th- this is a good group after all.
0: <laughs> you take it all back now, Joe, what you said earlier. Um, oh yeah, and look, Feely, what a player he's been for mm. Kildare. Had huge injuries, obviously. Um, I think it was Achilles tendon snapped snap that last year. Comes back from that and what, a, what an addition he's been. I, I actually think Kildare will win this game on on. on on Saturday and why not basing on much only for maybe this is just the kick they need Yeah. and this famous word we use in the GA momentum if you're looking at the two te- teams Manon probably very disappointed of their performance against Gall. Kildare now they have to be if you're going back as a Kildare player trainer tonight you have to be pulling in as a group and say right lads come on and no, enough of this now over the last couple of years let's actually push on now and do something in this championship let's get a win they're not at home but you know, they're in, is it Tullamore, I think?
3: Yeah, O'Connor Park, Let's go,
0: yeah. O'Connor Park, let's go to Tullamore now, get a win, get ourselves to a quarterfinal, you know, not just win a game and take one step forward and then two steps back the way. So on that basis, I just think, Kildare might have the, the bit between the teeth just even the way they won the game last weekend you know they were they 13 men at one stage during the first half and then they win it with the last minute score that can just give a bit of an extra bite to them this week they might carry that through to Saturday and if they do it might be enough to win it
3: I think what's so exciting about this weekend aside from the knockout quality is that these are all very hard games to call and mm. like, that applies to Cork-Roscommon as well Darren after your apology in part one to Cork are you tipping <coughs> them now to beat Roscommon?
1: Yeah uh, It's a hard one I, I've actually I've always had a good time For Roscommon I think they're They're a tough team To play against They have Unbelievable characters In their team I think they're one of the few teams That can actually balance The the running game And the kicking game And they can actually Mix from one to the other Really well throughout games But I think it's going to be An interesting one But Cork They're a funny team And when they have confidence They're very dangerous Um I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm tipping him. Um, But similar to Kildare, do they have it in them to do a second week in a row? Mm. I do think the win over Mayo will have taken it out of them. Um, I think it's very hard to stay at that level for a couple of weeks in a row. It was a huge performance mentally and physically. I'd say the relief of getting over line and beating an All-Ireland contender is huge for him. Can they get back up to that level, show that same level of intensity and respect for Ross Common as they had for Mayo? I'm not sure. Right, is (laughs) That's a hard thing to do then, obviously, because like
3: I I, I totally accept we're talking about amateurs and they're in work all week Mm -hmm. and there's an emotional component to all this as well. On the other hand, I do think, well, they're super fit and like I'm looking across the water. Admittedly, it's a different stratosphere of kind of sport. But I mean, I'm watching... Elite teams play Champions League on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Another big game Saturday. Repeat Tuesday. They get they get themselves back up, won't they? No, obviously not if you're you're concerned.
1: Yeah, I do. look. I do. like we'd have always said that we train really hard, and the boys are training even hard. And now it's going to new level. But just seen a lot of injuries this year. Uh, little niggles, fellas missing the odd came here, having to sit out games. They were going. It's only every week, mm. but I do think it's the getting up going to work the next day you're whether you like it or not you can't stay, stay in a bubble for 10 weeks you're going to be meeting people at all. it is quite draining Cork lads will have a great week there will be fierce pats in the back but you kind of want to get into your own circle yeah. there as well it is hard to say I do think it is quite draining whether it's a big win or a big loss it can be draining mentally and that takes already physically so it is going to be a tough one I think the fact that it's home will help Cork yeah and if they can get a good crowd there, you know, that will make a big difference in the last 15, 20 minutes, where they have been strong in the last couple of games. But it's all gonna come down to their attitude to, to Ross Common. I think it was it's easy to get yourself up for Mayo, um, Mayor Hockley tip this year. They might be and they have done it before, got ahead of themselves and fall flat. And I just think Ross Common are a very difficult team. They have they always have very solid players who continue to perform, likes of the Smiths, the Mertas yeah. and the Dailies they continuously perform year after year to a, a very high level so it's a hard one I'd be, I'd be leaning towards Common. they've been um, consistently better than Cork for a number of years, they're Division 1, they stayed up this year, they had a good year um, you'd have to go with them
3: Okay, uh, where are you Colm as Darren continues to disrespect Cork? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the good news for Darren is I don't think uh, Kerry can play Cork in a quarter final, so yeah, he's, he's still saying what he wants to. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my my views on Cork and do you know what it's kind of similar to to Gildare against Monan, but if you, if you look at where both teams are at, and obviously we've praised Ross hugely for their for the year so far, and they've had a they've had a brilliant year if you combine the league and the championship. If you look at this group format, you know brilliant display against Dublin the first day. Mm. Average enough display against Sligo it took them probably 60 minutes to get through that game you know not great again the last day maybe their form is just wilting a small bit Why, mm. if you look at Cork you know bet Betlow first day out really good performance against Kerry where they're pushing hard right at the end to win that game yeah. and finish by far the strongest team against against Mayo and win that game by three so maybe it's actually Cork coming into this game on form rather than Roscommon they have the home advantage even though I'm not sure that counts for a whole lot um so maybe, I mentioned about Cork or Kildare, boys putting themselves in at the start chain and saying, no, boys, this is our time. I think the, you could probably say the exact same for Cork. You know, they're trying to make a breakthrough. I think they're probably not going to get a better opportunity than this Roscommon at home in a pre link game to get to a quarter-final. That famous word, momentum. I think I'm going to back Cork on this one and think they might take Roscommon out, yeah.
3: The game at Healy Park, then, to round things off on uh, Saturday evening, uh, it's just so interesting. So it's her own. Donegal have rebounded from like a shocking league uh, where things looked very grim, a really poor Ulster showing, acrimony at county board level, just a sense that this year was a complete write-off. They beat Monaghan at the weekend and they find themselves in this quarterfinal there, this preliminary quarterfinal. Hmm. And then Tyrone, who certainly a month ago, if not still the case, even though they've been patchy, the sense was, well, come business end, The team from Ulster you would bet your life on to do something would be Tyrone when like when all the the kind of the fluff is gone and it's left to the real stuff Tyrone will come through and yet against Westmead they could very easily be out of the Old Ireland now Uh, like that game was their season in the microcosm patchy like when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, you kind of want to give them a shake and say what's going on. So I don't like, I don't even expect you to be able to preview this. I, I don't know what the hell <laughs> is going to happen really. I just know it's going to be, uh, it should be a good game, very interesting game. Again, what what what's your reading boat, Darren? Because that, that's how I'd characterise it.
1: Yeah, look, I think, look, Donegal are going in with a free shot um, and I think that's been the case for the last couple of weeks. Uh, nobody's expected anything of them. They're in turmoil. It was a matter of just right off this year and that's re- reset and start again in 2024, and Tyrone, and I don't know. Is it because of past teams or whatever? You know, you're expecting just to kick on, um, but they kicked 18 points last day, mm. which is great shooting. But they also conceded 18, which is just not Tyrone. Yes, and I think that's been the issue for most of the year and last year as well. They're just not. They're just not, as not as mean defensively as they were. Um, and that that does
3: that, that does feel, but they're oversimplifying things. Like they know the right systems to play. They have a management team who know what it takes to win an All Ireland. It just feels, and I, in light of all those players who left the squad after they won the All Ireland, it just feels like they don't have that meanness in attitude.
1: Yeah, and like I, I've mentioned it before. Sometimes when you win an All Ireland, you lose your edge. Yeah, Do you know, and that happens. Um, and it's how can you get it back? Um, and a lot of it is when it when it comes down to football. Football isn't that complicated. Like a lot of it does come down to, are you willing to put your body on the line for the guy next door to you? Are you willing to just put your body on the line for the team and stuff? And sometimes you're less willing when you've already got that medal in your pocket. Mm. Um, whereas fellas who are chasing it for the first time or trying to prove a point, they're willing, they don't even see danger. They just, put their head in. Um, but since Tyrone won All-Ireland, that meanness is gone. Yeah, That life or death defending is gone. That covering for each other has gone. And that's that's why they're shipping scores as freely as they are at the moment. But no one's going to question the talent they have. Um, very good footballers up there, but they've always said that. But they had that meanness about them mm. that they could be quite intimidating they're not intimidating anymore. I don't think I don't think Donegal are gonna fear them at all. They're going in, as I said, with a free shot and the likes of McBrierty come back from injury in the next couple of minutes. Um I, I'd be honest, I'd, be, I'd fancy him for a, for a shot. but yeah. Tyrone are so up and down they could wipe the floor as well at yeah. the same time.
3: No, it's true. What do you think, Colin? Tyrone to grow beards this week and be a mean machine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So ruled it out Joe, yeah. Um it's funny, we're talking about rewards at the at the start of the at the start of this and like Donegal's reward for a big win against Monon and, and leapfrogging them is uh, to draw to and then at home the following week and instead of playing away to Kildare. So yeah, uh would they have been better off losing that game. But uh look at if if Donegal pulled this off Joe, it'll probably be the GAA story of the um of the, of the year to be honest with you and that's look Donegal are huge football and county don't get me wrong but mm. where they came from a couple of months ago like, like they were an absolute mess and to be in this position one game away from from getting to the last eight you know I was hugely impressed with some of their play last Saturday evening I have to say against Mona. and you know was it a hugely intensive game no was there a lot of tackles going in no but some of the outside shooting from Donegal was of a a top top level: uh, Connor, Donald, Daryl, Wayne, Kieran, uh, Kieran Thompson. It was it was outstanding to I watch. You were like-
3: kind of thinking, Geez, they look like a confident bunch against all odds here.
0: Yeah, and you're kind of thinking, where does this come from? You know what I mean. But I was very impressed with them against Derry as well. I know we spoke about this the, the day after. Yeah. I was very. Uh, 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 Impressive! Their, their attitude shoot against Derry, they didn't just sit back and let Derry come at them. They actually had a go at Derry, and I think even the belief that gave the team—you know what I mean—they played some good football. I think they're moving the ball a lot quicker when they do get it, and they seem to be kicking the ball a bit more. It's not just all head down solo, solo, solo. They're actually looking up to see is there a twenty-four, a twenty-yard ball on. And I think you can you can see the likes of Oisin Gallen getting on more ball and benefit from that as well because he knows there's a good chance good chance the ball might come here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. What could happen you said it there, what'll happen, and if this could go extra time penalties, or Tyrone could win by five. Yeah. I think I think the funny thing about this game is long term, I think if Tyrone won it, could Tyrone take out a Dublin or a Kerry in a semi final and or sorry in a quarter final and completely lift their game for that game. I think they could. Yeah. If Donegal win it, I actually don't think they could beat a Dublin or Kerry, yeah. but the then ceiling again, isn't no. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. The smell of clo Parkle. Mm. Uh, yeah add to the Tyrone effect. Fellas, this is beautifully set up. It is uh, late June and football has broken out. So thank you so much. We will uh, talk next week and make sense of what should be a brilliant weekend. Colin Boyle, Darren O'Sullivan. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Thanks, lad. Thanks, Joe. Cheers. And uh, should remind you as well, Gaelic Football on Off the Ball is in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more.
0: Gaelic football on off the ball with
3: AIB proud sponsors of the GAA senior football championship check out
2: hashtag the toughest for more.